The Candid Frame is supported by donations by listeners just like you. Help us to bring you great conversations with great photographers. Support the show today with your monthly contribution through our Patreon effort at patreon.com forward slash The Candid Frame or click on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. Thank you. This is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame. Way too many photographers fall into the trap of believing that their photographic lives consists of hours staring at a computer screen. They too easily forget that one of the greatest gifts that a camera provides is permission to go out and explore the world. This is especially the case for a portrait photographer, a person who is blessed with the opportunity to meet and engage people of every stripe. For portrait photographer Ken Herman, it's the stuff that he draws his inspiration from. Whether he is photographing costumed street characters in Hollywood or tribesmen in the Omo Valley, he uses his camera to reveal the humanity and the similarities that people from different parts of the world share. Well, Ken, welcome to the Candid Frame. I'm really pl- it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Your work is just beautiful. I, I take a look at your at your portraits and just the aesthetic that you bring to it is is really great. But one of the things that really sort of piques my interest about your work is that you seem to have an interest in the cultural, not just the aesthetic looks of of a photograph. And I'm wondering. Where does that come from? Have you always had a curiosity of of people, the way they live, they live their lives? I think actually it comes from um, my early days in like doing backpacking. Uh, I think I had um, almost ten years uh, of just you know more or less fooling around, didn't know what to do with myself. Um, so I spent most of the time traveling, and I think that's kind of you know. That's I think you can see that in my style of photography yeah. somehow. I'm very curious and I love to travel. So so this is it's probably a combination of that. Yeah yeah I think so uh, because I didn't really know what to do and I thought about you know I've been thinking about becoming a photographer for for you know for years but at that time I didn't really know if you could make a living out of it. So so I think well, uh, I, I started my degree yeah probably around eleven or twelve years ago and, and it took. For, it took sorry four or five years. Yeah, so I've been working like self-employed as a freelance uh, for the last seven years. So did you did you start sort of cutting your teeth on photography as you were traveling, documenting your experiences? Yeah, I bought my first uh, proper prime lenses in Nepal and India. And uh, you know, they have these. I think it's a black market kind of thing where you can buy uh, it's proper lenses, but you know cheap ones. Uh, and I bought my first lenses there and, and was starting shooting. You know, it's just uh, thirty-five millimeter films at that time. Um, so that's kind of how how it all started. And I bought books about you know composition, lighting, and all you know in the early stage. And I, I was I was trying. I, I wanted, really wanted at that time. I really wanted to take portraits already at that time. But the, I was I think I was. 
I don't know, a little shy to ask, you know, there was a little, little bit of a language barrier at that time. So, uh, so I kind of got on with it over the time. So how, how did you finally get past that and that fear? Because it's a fear that a lot of people share with you. It is. Uh, but I think uh, whenever you get more self-confident in your work and you start believing in yourself, I think it, it really, it helps you, you know, <laughs> getting over that because, uh, in the beginning, you have to fear about, you know, asking people you don't know, but also if you know, the fear about being good enough to deliver. Uh, it, it, it's in personal projects, but also in, you know, more commercial work. But but then at some point you start believing in your work and then then that part is, you know, uh, then, then, then I think it makes it easier to, to get over that, you know, uh, uh, get over that yeah. and for me I think or at least for me and I'm wondering whether it is for you at some point the need or the desire to make those kinds of photographs is just like someone endlessly knocking at a door and not stopping and it's like yeah. every like every moment that I want to make the photograph it's like make the photograph make the photograph it's a need that doesn't go away and finally just to shut it up <laughs> it's sometimes bigger that need that need is bigger than actually you know the, the fear of asking so you're kind of you know in the yeah. end you're, you end up ending up doing it I think in the beginning I missed out of quite a lot of you know good pictures or portraits because I was I, I was struggling uh, it took me too long to to get over it so in the end then then the then the moment kind of passed but but now I think I kind of you know um, is getting better to it did having a formal education in photography and, and the opportunity to study it specifically sort of help you gain that confidence or did, or did that come just from the result of going out there and, and producing the photographs? I don't think that helps a lot. I think, <laughs> you know, sh sh no, but to be honest with you, I think shooting a lot and, and, you know, the experience helps you, but not, not the, not the education. It helps me with, in, in, in different ways, you know, in my more commercial work, uh, but not, not, not in, in this, uh, this kind of, uh, no, not at all. You know, one of the things that uh, I really appreciate about your work is, is not only just the lighting, but the way that you seem to really seem to engage your subjects. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what was harder to learn? Was it the technical side of photography, especially the nuanced, you know, qualities of light? Or was it being able to work with someone, especially someone you really don't know that well, to get something from them that you imagine that you could get from a, from a portrait? I think the last thing is the challenging part. And now I'm... Uh, it's not like I don't think you're never gonna master the, the light. You know, you, you every day you will learn, or every shoot you will learn more and more. Uh, so, so, but, but, but I think I get better and better, and I kind of you know trying to develop develop me, me my own style. So, so it helps me. That helps me a lot, of course. But, but, but you know, getting that little extra bit out of the person, out of the portrait, that's the challenging part because even though you can. You can state a lot and arrange a lot beforehand. You, you you need that little extra kind of you know special moment that you can't really um, you can't plan ahead. Uh, that thing that's and and that's that's the challenging part. I think that makes that picture or portrait more unique. And, uh, so that's kind of what I'm struggling with. <laughs> I'm trying to force myself to that because. Once you have the lighting and the style and, and that, then you that you can plan that quite a lot, but that extra bit you really need to to work on, uh, at least for me. 
Was there a, a personal pro- a project early on in your career that really that you felt was really key to you developing that experience and gaining that confidence? No, I think it's something that came out uh, over time, actually, because now I like, as you can see in my style, I like these like stage portraits with a lot of environment and stuff, but mm-hmm. but but not just not just to repeat yourself. Then you need to kind of you know involve and, and try different stuff out. So so. At the moment, I'm trying to force myself to to the same kind of you know atmospheric portraits, but but a little bit. If you look at my latest work, um, there's a lot more movement. It's more kind of abstract and more um, kind of arty in a way. So I'm trying to to test out some new ideas. Or, 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 uh, let's let's talk a little bit about your your personal projects because you have you have several that you we see on your on your website. And if people uh, go to your your website, they'll be able to see a good amount of that work. You know, I I wonder how you decide on what subjects you want to pursue for a personal project. Because, you know, as with any working professional photographer, a lot of time is dedicated to just earning a living. And you're in, in, in several of your yeah. projects, it involves you having to travel. So how do you sort of figure out what it is that you are going to focus on photographically because, you know, of the time and the probably the, the financial demands it places on you? Yeah. For me, shooting the personal project is more, it's more about, you know, living out an idea. If I have an idea and I think it's good, then I just kind of, you know, <laughs> Have to do it some way or another. Some 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 ideas uh, is like maybe two three years old before before I get the chance to to go there. Or, uh, but it's not that important. The personal project that they kind of bring in uh, money or anything is more important that the the end result or the the, the pictures are is something that I'm proud of and, and something that I like. Uh, and 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 then. The money for me more comes from you know the more commercial side. I kind of find a really good balance in that. Then you earn some some of the money on the commercial stuff, and you can spend it on on whatever you want to do. And, and I like to take pictures, so so for me it's a really good balance. And and in the long run, I think it, it makes you more interesting as a photographer. Uh, you have a wider portfolio or a unique style. So in the end, the personal stuff will bring in some commercial stuff. So so it's a good um, for me. It's a good balance. Tell me about the development of your Hollywood street characters. It's uh, an interesting series because I'm, I'm around those I'm around those characters yeah. a lot because I teach a photography yeah. workshop uh, in in the Hollywood area, so I see those characters oh, all the know. time. So it was very revealing yeah. to see not only how they really looked underneath their costumes, but having a sense of, yeah. of who they are. Uh, tell us about that. It's, yeah, but it's um, actually that that idea was. A- when I started, it took it didn't take too long to to get it developed because I, I was in Hollywood shooting a, an assignment for a Danish magazine of a, a, for a cover story, uh, and I just went there for the weekend, and then I lived just you know off Hollywood Street, uh, okay. and then I saw these characters, and I just got I've been to Hollywood before, but not on this this strip or the Hollywood Boulevard. And then I spent some time there, and I saw. I thought it was really interesting the way they kind of, you know, make their living uh, uh, posing for a tourist. So, so that's kind of how, how the idea came up. Yeah, they, they are. They are. They are. Some of them are really special characters. Um, um, so, so I kind of, you know, what can we? What I think I just 
I just thought there was something interesting about it. So I kind of, you know, I when I was there in these this weekend, I kind of approached a few of them and talked to them, and I got a few um, contacts there. And over the next, I think maybe I don't know, three four months, I kind of, you know, got uh, some arrangement with some of the characters, and I then I just went over there for I don't know, I think eight days to to shoot the project. Okay. Um, oh, okay. It's interesting that you got some of them in their in their homes. Was it difficult to gain the confidence of people to be able to photograph them in such an intimate environment? Yes, <laughs> it was. Uh, most of them didn't really want to um, to shoot inside. Most of them actually just want to shoot on the Hollywood Boulevard because mm -hmm. then it, uh, we spent less time with them because it's all about. You know the, how it is. Probably it's all about the money. So, so, so they don't. They didn't want to spend too long on the shoot because then they were losing money posing for tourists. So, so that actually, actually, that was uh, it was a little difficult to talk them to because I want to shoot them in different locations around uh, Los Angeles, and there's one in the desert and a few at home and stuff. But, but it took some some uh, some time to kind of you know convince them uh, in this project. It's kind of interesting because they're 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 very conscious of how they look and they're and they're accustomed to being photographed, right? But you didn't necessarily want mm -hmm. them to be completely in character, but you also wanted them to sort of reveal something of themselves. No, but I because that's what I found interesting is that you know the little yeah, what can you say, kind of crossover or this little in between as as uh, you reveal some of the character but also some whatever is behind the mask uh, and and it was a lot easier for them to get the pictures taken in the full costume than, than oh, you know getting okay. some of it you know uh, uh, and actually one of them not not he's not part of the project but he didn't want he didn't want he didn't allow me to take the pictures uh, actually that was Mickey Mouse uh, he didn't allow to take it without because then uh, he wrote me a long email about it, and and some of the, some of me understand it, but on the other hand, because we kind of, I kind of, you know, how was it was breaking the kid's dream if they sh saw him without the Mickey Mouse mask on, and you know, it's some in something in that direction. I can't. Uh, yeah, the whole illusion would be broken. Yes, yes, exactly, illusion. Yeah, I don't think so, but but uh, but I, of course I had to respect that. Um, so so it was uh, it was really. Yeah, it took it took some effort to 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 talk them into take take the mask off of some of them. That's for sure. Tell me about um, your your project, um, which is called uh, the Beauty of Omo Valley. The, the Beauty of the Omo Valley was the, probably the first. No, it was not. It was yeah, it was one of the first you know real project I did where I went abroad for I think the first time I was there it was three weeks um, shooting in it. Ethiopia in the in the tribal area in the south southern part of Omo Valley, um, and uh, I just it, it, I again I had this idea I would like to shoot this more you know these tribes I, I always wanted to go there because of the tribes uh, uh, and I wanted to do some, some kind of documentary work but but in my own way with with lighting and uh, and all that and then I I, I Went there in a second time actually with a with a German photographer, and then after the second time, uh, I got contacted by somebody who wanted to to uh, publish a book about it. So so I had to go back a third time, and then uh, it was not it was not a, the publisher, but it was more like a, an agent, and then they 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 made up a book deal uh, with a German publisher called Edison Panorama, 
And then, because my my style was so is in a way so narrow, I had to go back to to shoot a little wider. So it was so we had enough pictures for the book. So it's kind of it's made out of three trips there over two years, I think. How did you find out about the the tribesmen in the first place? No, but I've just the the the, the tribes, which is the one with the lip plates. They're pretty famous, and I've always been really fascinated at that 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 you can actually that these people. Of course, they still exist, but the culture still exists, which which I thought was really interesting. Uh, and and you can I can easily see within the two years time I've been traveling there that it's changing really fast. They get cell phones, the kids starting to go to school, and all that. So so it's just I think it's just a matter of time before they vanish for for good. Um, uh, yeah, for for the tribes, it's good, uh, uh, but for you know for of course. We can discuss about losing a culture, which is good or not, but 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 they get um, a better way of life. Most of the people, uh, uh, there's some of the tribes are are, um, are almost are getting more and more developed. The kids starting to school, but uh, the Moosies, uh, there's a few tribes left that where they where they haven't built any schools yet, so they still live completely off grid, um, which I think is really really fascinating or interesting. Just like the the other projects, and I suspect a lot of your projects when you're dealing with different peoples and different cultures, the the issue of access is always a big one. Without access, you yes. can't make the photograph. So, how did you gain access with this with these communities of people? Oh, but it's it's uh, it's so difficult, <laughs> um, especially like if you are one man army, uh, if you're not um, represented by the BBC or CNN, then you're traveling on a more low budget. Um, you could always get access. It's just a question about time and money. Uh, 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 and 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 if you're a photographer and you 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 call to <laughs> to an agency in Ethiopia or elsewhere, then then. They, they kind of charge you quite a lot because they think it's you know commercial, it's photography. Uh, so 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 it, that's that's always a bad idea. So for me in Ethiopia, I went there uh, and I just you know was knocking down doors the first uh, first time uh, and to try to find the right fixer, the right agency, and kind of explaining about my idea. Uh, so it always takes a lot of time if you want it, uh, if you want to do it on a more budget friendly way. Um, and it's the same. Uh, it's the same everywhere because uh, just you know, uh, writing. It's a, it's a lot easier, especially in this part of the world. It's a lot easier to get done if you're actually there instead of you know emailing or calling. Uh, so so that's kind of how I got access uh, to the Omo Valley. And then for the second and the third trip, uh, I just used the same guide uh, and fixed it there. So it made it a lot made it a lot easier. And then. In terms of shooting, it was a lot easier as well because uh, they kind of got used to you and they could remember you. And I, I brought some pictures for them, and and and, and they they kind of gained some trust uh, in you. Uh, it's it's it, 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 I don't think it's a secret, but in Ethiopia, in, in Omo Valley, it it is also a question about money because you won't they won't allow you to take any pictures if you don't pay them. So it's a big you know. It's a big, what do you call it, a debate in the photographer. Should you pay the people you shoot or should you not? Uh, uh, if you go to the Omo Valley, you won't be shooting anything if you're not willing to pay. That's just how it is. But because I came back, they kind of, you know, uh, they kind of allowed me to walk around more freely and take pictures without, you know, uh, agreeing on some kind of price every time. So it's just, you know, yeah. That's that's an important lesson because I, I, I suspect that a lot of, People who are 
are, are a big draw for photographers, have an experience with a variety of different photographers who have a, a wide range of ethics, morality, you know, any, any variety of, mm. of different ways of behaving, yeah. some of which could be very negative. And I'm wondering, does, does the fact that some photographers who've come before you, has, has that sometimes made it difficult for you to be able to do what you want to do? No, but I, I don't think it's the photographers. I think in this, in this part of the world, uh, it, it's the tourist. They live off uh, because the tourists just come in, not big buses, but they come in jeeps, you know, mm -hmm. and they just, they, they, they only, because it's such a difficult place to travel, so it takes a lot of time. So, so, so all the tourists is more or less in a hurry because they need to see, to visit several tribes and it, it's complicated to go around. And, and, and they, they just want to have their picture taken, so they don't really care. They yeah. just, you know, more or less, some of them more or less just take the picture and throw the money after them, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and they don't, they don't really, it's very difficult for the, you know, the tribal people to, to tell the, the big difference in between me or some of the other people. Why they just they just see somebody with a camera, and and then that's why uh, it took them some time to you know to 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 getting to know me because I I, I can't just take you know the picture in in five seconds and then uh, I, my work is a lot more you know I spent maybe half an hour or even an hour with with somebody of their time and explained them I I would like to take a portrait, you know, in this area because I like the location or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it takes a lot more time. It's not just, you know, a quick snapshot and then, uh, then off. So I think it's more, I think it's more about the, the, the tourist and the photographers because yeah, sure. I'm not the first or the last uh, photographer there. That's for sure. You know, one of, the more, um, one of your projects that is particularly heartbreaking is the one called survivors. And these are men and women uh, some children who have been subject to acid attacks. Yeah, in Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah. T tell us about um, that. I, I, that was actually another idea I got while I was in 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 Bangladesh in Dhaka to shoot uh, for Save the Children on a, um, an assignment. Um, I heard about this um, foundation called Yeah uh, Acid Survival Foundation. Uh, and and I just yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I knew I knew it was going on, but maybe not in this you know amount. It's it's a really really big problem. So I kind of started to research a little bit, and 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 what uh, I got a little annoyed of what that that the pictures you see is almost uh, you've seen some previously on you know the world press photo and stuff. It's more kind of you know how can you say this in a proper way? It's it's. Um, it's 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 kind of you know it's it's a lot in your face. It's kind of you know the 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 um, the more it has more of a shock value to them. Yeah, shock shock value exactly. Yeah. And and I and I, I just thought maybe is it possible to do something uh, different? Maybe kind of you know embrace the beauty in this. Uh, and, and, and maybe because people are getting used to these shock, I don't think people are getting that shocked anymore. You know, we see, you see it all the time, you know, online and stuff. So I was kind of, you know, trying to see it from a different angle. Uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, how this, this idea came. And then I contacted the, uh, the foundation. And in the beginning, it actually took me almost a year to get them convinced into this uh, wow. because they had some bad experience before with people taking pictures like photographers so, so I had to, I had to really pitch in the idea that I wanted to do like a different kind of style on it, and 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 in the end they kind of you know agreed, and then 
I went there with a, a cinema, what do you call it, a videographer, and he made a small like kind of documentary, and I did the stills, and I and I think. Uh, I think it went really well, and we got a lot of exposure uh, on it, which is really was really good for the foundation as well, because uh, because I think we we kind of you know made a little twist on these people, uh, trying to show their beauty and they're proud and they're kind of fighting for it, and, and then uh, instead of just you know trying to to work on the shock value. If for people who are not familiar with the circumstances, can you explain what 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 it, the reason that some of these people who had been attacked? Yeah, the reason can be uh, it can be like minor these like minor pro- like small small uh, problems. Uh, most of the time, it's in families. Um, if if let's say like some fourteen year old girl she turns down uh, the the neighbor kids in you know in a, in a marriage proposal, then then it can it can end up in an acid attack. Uh, it can be if. Some like neighbor fight uh, in you know if you're in a, uh, like in between farmers which feels is you know belongs to to who and and uh, it it can be uh, dowry it's it, when you're getting married uh, the, uh, uh, is it the girl's family that has to pay to the man or is it uh, other way around I can't remember just now but but uh, you know some issues there it it can be all sorts of problems instead of you know. A good old school fight, or you know, uh, then then it's a uh, it's a uh, they 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 use this uh, yeah they use this terrible thing instead. So you mentioned working with an agency, uh, which to some degree sort of helps you to make contact, but that still doesn't you know convince someone who who's you know whose appearance has been so severely damaged to sit in front of a uh, of a camera. In this particular case. Um, in a way, it was a totally different uh, shoot because normally when I do projects and travel abroad, I have to, I do everything myself, you know, I have to find all the subjects and the story and everything. But here, because the the Asset Foundation, they they, um, they helped us out. So they actually found all the victims for them. So everything was kind of... Um, oh, okay. Uh, was almost uh, what you can call it a set for before we we came uh, and they they knew about uh, the, what we wanted to do and so we didn't have to explain everything and, and beforehand so 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 it's a lot easier and all the uh, um, logistic and, and stuff they they was already taken care of so in that helps us a lot so so we could get you know spend a lot more time shooting instead of you know uh, yeah planning and talking. You know, you, you typically photograph people, especially for your commercial work that are like for advertising. So, you know, a lot of people who are beautiful, attractive, so on and so forth. And here you're, you're photographing people whose, whose features have been, you know, destroyed by, by acid. And you, as you said, you were trying to elicit something about something, not just about the physical impact of, of the attack, but also something about their, their character. You know, when you're when you're thinking about how to photograph uh, th- that person, how, how what's your approach? Is it the very same as you would photograph anyone, or did you have to sort of adjust your approach to accommodate the fact that these people don't usually subject to this kind of attention with the camera? No, but it was the same. Uh, the first one was tricky because uh, I got you know shocked about it because the first one we shot in the hospital. They have a hospital there where they take care of it and. And there's, you know, 
there's, you know, I can't remember how many people was there, but there's a lot of people and all really, like, really badly damaged. Um, uh, so so the, the first one was, you know, seeing the first victim was, of course, a big shock for me. Uh, uh, but but I think uh, we didn't want to, to, we kind of, you know, we want to show that this is a big problem, but 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 not uh, shock people too much because some of them was even worse. You know, they some of the victims is, is you know children. Like uh, uh, I think there was one on uh, was it nine months? So 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 we had to. I, I, I don't know if you can say pick them right, but but uh, be, uh, not to to end up in the same as as you have seen already. But 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 for me. Because these people have lived with their wounds for quite some time, so they they know uh, and they wanted to 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 tell the world a story. So actually, some of them are really proud. And there's, believe it or not, but there's a few of them. They 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 got a better life afterwards because they come from poor parts of of the country, and and because they 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 got uh, attacked but with, uh, with acid, then the foundation took care of them, and they got it made education and work afterwards, which was never. Uh, possible mm. beforehand, uh, so they were proud. Of course, they lived with their wounds, uh, but but they were really proud. So so for me, there, there's no there's no different. And and I think another thing is that uh, I think probably a lot of photographers can can recognize that. But but once you start working, you get focused on you know uh, yeah working shooting you know the, and these pictures are. Are very lit. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on, so uh, quite complicated, technical. So 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 you can kind of you know, yeah, hide behind the camera, and then I think you kind of you, you're focused on getting this the the, the, the portrait uh, done uh, and make a nice portrait. But but and then um, yeah, so, so I think you kind of forget that they are really really damaged um, in in in. in both physically but also psychologically. Uh, if you, on my website, there's this girl um, sitting on the bed. At the time we shot her, she was 14 years old, and, and the, you can't really see if you see the picture in like in in high resolution, then you can tell that she got a little bit of you know stuff going on, uh, damage uh, assets uh, uh, near her lips. But apart from that, you can't tell. And this is all internal. Uh, uh, she she. Uh, she, she was drinking acid. Uh, oh. She was sick and she didn't know. So 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 all her organs and everything what's inside is damaged. So she actually literally has to to, to live from that hospital uh, the rest of her life. Um, and the, the only the only um, uh, way that that she can you know have a more normal life is if somebody paid for her for her to getting out and like an operation abroad. I think in the U.S. and there's one more place they can actually do it, but in Bangladesh they can't do it. So, so in the beginning she didn't really want to be a part of this, but but I think for her it was a little bit of you know a hope maybe if if we tell the story then then hope for a little uh, like a better life. So with your your personal projects, getting the work out there, I mean there is some satisfaction from facing all the challenges in that you typically encounter to try and make the images happen and then making the photographs. But afterwards, how do you just, besides them being posted on your website, what is your thought behind getting the work out there, having, getting eyeballs on it? I think for me, it's it kind of, you know, becoming uh, uh, more and more important, actually. <laughs> In the beginning, I was just, you know, I still do it because um, if I have an idea, I just have to, you know, 
go for it uh, to get this, you know, the biggest challenge. And of course, you you, know, you want you you want the you want you, uh, you want the exposure, of course. But 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 most importantly for me, it was just to get the pictures done, you know, and and that I could kind of use it in my portfolio. But but within the last you know recent years, and you know, with the social media, Instagram, you know, you kind of you know. I think maybe because I'm getting more and more exposure and getting better and better public publications. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm thinking more about it when I do uh, shoots now, even though when I go somewhere, I have always this, you know, idea uh, and I'm very focused on the idea in the beginning. I was, that's why I actually had to go back to Africa a third time because I was only shooting these, you know, portraits, very staged. I had to go back to shoot some more documentary. But now I think, okay, I want to, to, to take these portraits, but I also shoot a little bit more loose in case of somebody want to publish something uh, afterwards. Um, so, so I kind of, you know, I, was, I start thinking about it more and more. Uh, uh, um, that, that, and, and maybe because in the end, uh, you, could, you could maybe just start, you know, doing only what you want to do and you don't have to do of course I want to do uh, you know uh, commercial stuff in terms of paying of this but but uh, imagine that you could just do your personal project and like do what are you you know you know what I mean and tell me about your your most recent project is it the shaman project yeah it is that was the one you saw wasn't it yeah yeah you sent me a video yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the latest one. It's not published yet, actually. I think it will be now next week, probably. Uh, it, it's been taking quite some time to get everything done. Uh, um, so there's yeah, there's a lot of stills, and then there's the video uh, which you saw. Uh, that's a long, like, like an old idea as well. Uh, of just you know, I think there's something that really I think because I don't I didn't really know what it was. Uh, it was a little bit you know dangerous. So I kind of you know been really attractive to these shamans and, and, and I wanted to go to Mongolia for quite some time to shoot them and I didn't really know that they were living you know actually they live all over the world they even live in Denmark as well uh, but 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 when I was in I was in inner Mongolia last summer like a year ago I found out that there was actually shamans living in that part of the world so I kind of you know told my fixer if he could kind of you know um, uh, fight some somebody for, for me and I, we didn't actually when I was there the first time we did a little test shoot and then I, I, I thought there was a lot more to this you know story so so he he, he actually while well, spent I think eight nine months you know you know asking around and then he found uh, a guy in the Hohot, which uh, Boran he's called he owns a, a alternative hospital there and he's kind of you know a master shaman and he, he's quite well he's well connected in this uh, in this whole this um, what can you say uh, uh, culture um, and then he kind of you know just asked him if it was possible for me to come and, and take their portraits and then it kind of you know just went on from there you mentioned that part part of it was dangerous what aspect of this was dangerous uh, no not I don't think it was uh, no not dangerous it was more because it's the un unknown, if you know what I mean. It's okay. more, uh, that's kind of what I what attracts me. Uh, uh, because I don't know if if uh, if it if it's for real or not. You know what I mean? It's um, it's kind of you know 
they travel to the other side to gain answers and you know they are in contact with the spirit world and and I, I'm I'm not really 100% sure if I believe it or if I don't believe it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely really fascinated about it. You know, one of the things I, I, I can only imagine is that, you know, you're spending so much effort to get to these locations, to get access, to make the photographs. Are there times when the pressure seems to be on to, to be able to pull off the shot, but that leaves you struggling either because of some technical challenge or because you're having difficulty building rapport with your subject or you you don't, you can't find the right setting when you are, you know, when you're in a situation like that and you're faced with those challenges, plus the restriction of time, how do you, what do you do in order to not get overwhelmed by those feelings and press on to create the photograph? It's, uh, it's almost every time. (laughs) 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 Um, It's, it's, it's because I'm, I'm I'm really pushing it every time. Uh, And sometimes I'd maybe push it a little too much. Uh, um, I think if you, if you give my guide Joe uh, from from Mongolia a call, he will he will definitely agree because <laughs> he was really tired in the end. Let me put it that way. Uh, I'm I'm working like a maniac when I'm out there, like like long eighteen hours a day uh, because to get the most out of it, it's really important for me not to go back to get disappointed. I want to have these because I have a pretty clear idea in my head what I want to do, and if I don't get that done while I'm there, then Oh, then it's unbearable. So, so I really, I really push it. Uh, um, and, 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 and it's also a question about, of course, money, because it, it costs money to, to go, to travel. And within the last few years, I got, you know, I just got, like, two years ago, I got twins, and I have three kids, so, so I can't oh, just wow. go uh, all, yeah. <laughs> so I have, you know, the family side of this as well, so I can't just go. So it's very, it's, it's the money, and it's the time, it's, it's limited um, so I, I really need to get the most out of it. So, so, but of course, sometimes uh, when I was in India shooting like the uh, coal mine projects, uh, I spent four days just gaining access, and and it was so difficult because the whole mining industry is owned by the Indian government and the you know the the mafia, uh, and and they don't really want anybody taking pictures of it. Um, so it's very difficult to gain access. But then. You know, in the end, slowly talking to the right people, having dinner with the right people, we kind of, you know, we, we got access in the end. Uh, so, but uh, it was, I think it's, there was probably the time I was the closest to, I was giving up on it and just said, no, this is impossible. We can't do it. We have to move on. Uh, so, so there's always challenges. And then in the uh, sometimes, you know, there's problem with the police and, and there's always, you know, or equipment. My, I think my worst fear is the equipment if it goes down because I travel with quite a lot uh, light yeah. and, and, and stuff. So, so actually, yeah, um, there was actually at one point in, 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 I think it was my second trip to Ethiopia. I, uh, I, I, now maybe it's not actually... Um, Sorry, my English is not so good. I'm, it's good. Uh, you're more from <laughs> your No, actually, because I was so focused on getting to the Oma Valley and shoot the portraits, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I don't know if I could say run away from the customer. I was escaping a little bit because they, they pulled me aside and started asking questions. 
questions about all the equipment and stuff. And and they don't because they have you have to pay a heavy you know pretty heavy tax if you bring in equipment because mm-hmm. they have a very big tax on electronic stuff there and and they think you don't you know you bring it to sell it uh, or otherwise they will confiscate it and then you can maybe get it on the way back. But because I was so you know focused and uh, I wanted to do this so much that and then. I just saw at one point because there was a lot of you know confusion in the custom and there was a lot of because they pulled in quite a lot of people. There was a lot of local guys there as well. So so at some point I just saw no, there's nobody looking, and then I just kind of <laughs> run, run, run off, and, and and actually nobody 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 saw it. And I think actually that was quite lucky because I don't know what what they will say in Ethiopia if they kind of you know kind of getting good. Um, seeing you doing that but but because because what 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 do i want to do there uh, uh, without all my equipment of course i could go sightseeing but that was definitely not the purpose you know you've been saving for this and you know taking time off and all that so so yeah it's uh, it's a big part of it um, uh, i'm i'm like probably all like most other photographers i'm, I'm i don't know if, if photographers is just paranoid by nature but but you know all, all the people i i i travel they just really you know, paranoid about losing, you know, the files afterwards. I, I bring several backups everywhere, you know, small backups, like USB ones in my pocket, big ones in my bag, and, you know, just to make sure you get, you know, all your files back with you. Yeah. How, how old are your kids? Um, the twins, they're two years now, and uh, my daughter's five. Oh, wow. They're really young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> no, wonder the how... the last two years have been, I, you know... How has how's that changed how you you know, do your work. I know you do a good amount of commercial work that probably keeps you relatively close to home, but a lot of your personal projects take you away from home. How have you sort of had to had to sort of rethink what and how you do it with respect to the fact that now you have, you know, really young kids at home? Yeah, but when, when the kids, uh, when the twins was born, I just after, like a few months after that, I kind of... Um, I thought about it a lot, and I was really struggling to come up with some ideas uh, shooting, you know, back here in, in Denmark or in Copenhagen. But the problem is that you can't just force yourself to come up with an idea. They kind of, you know, they come if you are in a, you know, in a good flow, if you're happy, and then, then the ideas kind of tend to come. And it's a lot easier to get inspiration abroad, uh, you know, in, in your everyday environment. I think it's difficult. So, but I kind of. At that time, I kind of forced myself to do it, and I, and I actually got a few ideas which I pitched uh, for for a few Danish um, big companies, and and two of them are, are actually in, in 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 process right now. So it, it's possible, but but um, but but it, it was definitely a big challenge. But I but I definitely thought about it because why do we need to go to the other side of the world every time to shoot? Uh, there's because. There's also, you know, foreign photographers, they're coming here to Copenhagen to shoot. So maybe right. you just you know, start doing that. But but you probably know how it is. It's difficult. It's, it's a challenge because it's, you, you, you see it every day. So, you, yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've just talked to a, a lot of photographers, some of whom have been, you know, single for most of their professional career with no with no kids. Then you have others who've had families, but, you know, because they made their their careers sort of priorities, they weren't as dutiful a parent as they probably would have liked, you know, when they when they thought back. And there are okay. others, and there are others who sort of 
said, you know, at some point my family has to be the priority and I have to sort of make it work. So, I, you know, I, I think it's always uh, it's always interesting to see how uh, a photographer sort of yeah. chooses to contend with all that because that's a that's a lot of stuff to that that's pulling at you. I mean, there's your creative side that's pulling you, and you wanna you wanna go to India, you wanna go to Mongolia to make these yes. amazing photographs, and then you got these kids looking at you, going, "Are you leaving again?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, but I, I I definitely I know what you mean. No, but I think I'm just lucky. I have a great family, and they they know. Um, or at least my girlfriend, she knows that I that this is this is so it's it's so important for me. It's not just my work; it's just just me. So mm. so if I don't, and I think for me it's 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 of course it's about the photography, but also um, I like to to go abroad because I have a lot of time not on my own, you know, sitting by the pool, but but doing what I love to do, the shooting pictures. And then I, I, I don't have to worry about getting home at four or five o'clock to pick up the kids, making dinner and all that. You know, it's just me and it's just my work uh, and it's hundred percent. And, and I think that's, um, that's the key sometimes to, to, to deliver some good work. Uh, at least for me it is. Uh, so, so the, then, then like if I can just do that, you know, two, three, four times a year, then, then I think because it takes time to prepare as well. So then, then I think it's good. Do you find that when you are home that the, the more domesticated activities provide you uh, um, a relief from the stress of producing work? Yeah, you can say. I think I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm pretty calm. I'm not that stressed. I'm, I'm stressed about not getting the, <laughs> the, the I think I'm very, uh, I have really high expectation, it, uh, even if it's like, if it's my commercials or, or if it's my personal. So if I don't, you know, bring the best back, then then uh, then I'll be, get really frustrated <laughs> and disappointed. I think. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is: I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore, and it can be anyone—someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So, who would that one photographer be, and why? Mm, top of mind, that of Kender, I think. Probably not the first one mentioning him, but uh, I think I really like his style. Tell me about why. Because he's he has the technical side as well. <laughs> he's pretty pretty good at oh, what yeah. he does, um, and I think, and he, he's able to, of course, capture the moment, doing like getting these really really beautiful portraits done. But 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 sometimes you see a nice portrait, but but it could be even better if you had the technical side on as well. And I think he mastered both. But there's a lot of like really, really. This, that's why there's so hard competition out there. There's so many great photographers, but he's just top of mind, I think. Well, Ken, thank you so much for making time and appearing on the show. Oh, really no worries. It. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Thanks again for joining us, and to Ken for sharing his time and his story. To find out more about his work, visit kenherman.dk. And thank you for your continued support of The Candor Frame. If you haven't already, please take the time today to write a review in the iTunes Store. Your ratings and comments help people to discover the great conversations that we offer here at TCF. You can also support the show by making a monthly contribution through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash The Candid Frame, or you'll find a link in the show notes and The Candid Frame website. Or if you just want to make a one-time contribution to the show, you can do so via PayPal. 
by clicking on our donate button on the website or the show notes. To access our complete archive of interviews, download the free Candid Frame app, available for Apple iOS, Android, and Windows. It's the fastest and most convenient way to hear and save any of the great interviews we present here at TCF. Links for each can be found in the show notes and the website at thecandidframe.com. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker, and our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incombatech.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simply at IbadianX. And this is IbadianX, and this is The Candid Frame. Candid Frame.